Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello, Sixpack Nation, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 86. Last week we had a little comedy relief. I needed it, you needed it, but now it's time to get back to the seriousness of life as Catholics. On September 9th in episode 88, we'll have the first of three parts of an interview with Father James Altman, the pastor of St. James the Less Church in La Crosse, Wisconsin. The reason I'm dividing the interview into three parts is because I try to keep each episode at around 30 minutes. 30 minutes is the average commute to and from work, and many in the six-pack nation listen while driving to or from work. This way you don't have to worry about getting it all in during your commute. After the final part of the interview with Father Altman, I'll spend most of October talking about politics and the 2020 election from a genuine Catholic perspective. But this week I've got a very special treat for you. You've probably never heard of Father Robert Altier, but I know that after this episode, you'll want to hear a lot more about him. What did Billy D. Williams, the celebrated American artist Norman Rockwell, and famed comedian Jimmy Durante have to do with one man's journey from conservative Judaism to the cross? Everything. Marty Barrick has lived one of the most fascinating conversion journeys ever told. In Calvary Road, Marty's Biography, you can read about Marty's military service with Billy D. Williams, how Norman Rockwell helped him pass a college course, how, in his deep abiding love for his late wife, Marty helped Irene travel the road of sanctity, how the times are quickly reaching critical mass for fulfilling prophecy concerning the Jews, and much, much more. Get your copy of Calvary Road by Marty Barrick today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. Before sharing with you Father Altier's homily about detachment from the world, which is incredibly relevant to the things happening now, let me tell you a little bit about him. Father Robert J. Altier was ordained to the priesthood in 1989 at the Cathedral of St. Paul in St. Paul, Minnesota. He served for three years as an associate pastor at the Church of St. Raphael in Crystal, and he served as the associate pastor at the Church of St. Agnes in St. Paul for 14 years. He has also served the church as a chaplain at the Regina Medical Center in Hastings, Minnesota. Father Altier has lectured throughout the Twin Cities of St. Paul and Minneapolis, and he's best known for his series on the fundamentals of Catholicism and for his devotion to the Eucharist and to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He's currently at the Church of St. Raphael in Crystal, Minnesota, as an associate pastor. That's about all I was able to dig up on Father Altier, but I have reached out to him to see if he'd be willing to meet with you six-packers in an interview on The Cantankerous Catholic. As of recording time, he and I are going to discuss this interview after he returns from retreat on August 28th. So without further ado, here's Father Altier. In the first reading today, we hear about Elijah being sent to Elisha. 
Elisha is going to um, take over where Elijah left off, pick up his prophetic work. But what is important in this is to recognize the response of Elisha. So Elijah comes up behind him, puts his cloak over him. In the ancient world, it was the cloak that was the sign of the prophet. And so it was uh, the, the, the mantle that they wore so that everyone that way would know that this was a prophet. So when Elijah comes up behind him as Elisha is plowing, just lays the cloak over his back, Elisha understood exactly what that meant, that he was called to be a prophet, that he was called to succeed Elijah. But it's now the next piece that is important for all of us. At that point, Elisha goes back, slaughters the twelve yoke of oxen, uses the plowing equipment to burn, breaks it all up and burns it, there is no possible way for Elisha to return to his former life. He has drawn a line. It is over. He has chosen to serve the Lord, whatever that is going to mean. Because at this point, he would have no clue what's going to come. He doesn't know how difficult it might be. He doesn't know if he's going to doubt. He doesn't know if he's going to question. He doesn't know... What's going to happen? But what he does know is that whatever happens, he cannot turn around. He can't go back. There, there aren't any more oxen there. There's no plowing equipment. He's done. He has changed his life. He has turned to the Lord. And there is no looking back. We have to look at that for ourselves. Are we willing, I mean truly willing, to do whatever it is that God asks us to do? Most of us will give lots of lip service to that. Oh, whatever God wants. Yeah, as long as God wants what I want. No, 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 no. Do I want what God wants is the question. Am I willing to do what God wants? Am I willing to live my life for the Lord? Because we must understand again where we're headed. I keep telling you things are going to get worse. But it's not just that things are going to get worse. You see the mobs, you see the nonsense going on out in Seattle right now and all this nonsense. Yeah, these are some really deranged people doing some idiotic things. That's not what this is about. This is a battle of good versus evil, period. Every single person will need to make a choice. It is either God or it is Satan. There is no in-between. If you try to find an in-between, you have chosen Satan. It is just that simple. You either are 100% for the Lord, or you're with Satan. That's how serious this is. So now let's come back and ask again. Are you willing to do God's will? Are you willing to let go of everything? Because we're going to have to. Your money isn't going to mean a thing. Where we live isn't going to mean a thing. Anything that we've been holding on to isn't going to mean a thing. Are you willing to let go of it all? Are you willing to say to God, I will do whatever you ask? Symbolically speaking, I will slaughter the oxen. I will burn the plowing equipment. I am going to leave my past behind. I am going to give myself wholeheartedly to you. Whatever it is that you're going to ask of me. I don't know what that's going to mean. I don't have a clue how easy or difficult that might be, just like Elisha. But I am going to live my life for the Lord. So that means not just having the Lord as part of our life. It means living our life 
for God. Is that what we're willing to do? Because that's the choice every last one of us is going to have to make. It is that serious. And I'm not just speaking in hyperbole. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm telling you the truth. That is where we are going. That is what this is all about. You go back and you can read in the third chapter of the book of Genesis, and you will see that from the very beginning, Satan has been trying to destroy the human race. Our Lady told us what's going to happen. Satan's going to attack particularly the family to destroy it. He's going to attack the church, because that's the family of God, to destroy it. He's going to attack everything that we look to for security. It's all going. Just as Jesus one day walked with his apostles into this temple, said, look at all these things. The day is coming when they're all going to be gone. Not one stone will be upon another. I don't know that it's going to get to the point necessarily where every church is going to be destroyed, so there won't be one stone upon another. What I can tell you is everything that we hold on to as an institution is going to be gone. It is going to be a travesty to watch as priceless works of art are going to be destroyed by some of these people with no conscience. It is going to be a tragedy to watch as beautiful buildings are destroyed. Our faith is not in a work of art. Our faith is not in a building. Our faith is not in the money. Our faith is not in anything except the person of Jesus Christ. So we can't be holding on to any of the externals, as good as they may be, as beautiful as they may be. It's all going to be gone. Are you willing to serve God with your whole heart and soul and strength? That is the question. That is exactly what Elisha did. He recognized the call. He turned away from his past way of life, even though it was good. He knew what God was calling him to. Everything of the past was over. There was no turning back. So that's the choice we're going to have to make. And it's not in the terribly distant future. So we have to start getting prepared for that. By that, I don't mean, oh my goodness, if that's happening, I better go to the store and buy as much food and stack up my basement as much as I can. No, 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 no. I mean, get down on our knees and pray. I mean, look seriously into the heart and ask yourself some really serious questions. I mean, preparing your mind and your heart to be detached from everything except God. Now again, understand what that means. To be detached does not mean that if you're married, you can go home and throw your wife and kids out, or your husband and kids, as the case may be. That's not what I mean. I mean we have to have the spiritual detachment to be able to say, I want to love these people perfectly. An attachment is selfish. So we need to be detached so that it's selfless. If God wants to take my husband or my wife or my children to do whatever, I'm willing to let that go. Are we willing to let our house go? Are we willing to let our church go? Are we willing to let our money go? Are we willing to let whatever our little treasures are, my widget collection hanging on the wall, am I willing to let it go? Is there anything in your life that is more important than God? While we will all say, oh no, ask yourself if God asked you to give this up, how important is it? Are you willing to slaughter the oxen? Are you willing to burn the plowing equipment? Are you willing to walk away from your farm? Because that's what Elisha did. And that is what God is going to call all of us to. Because all of this is passing away. Heaven will not. God will not. So this is all just temporary. And this isn't, 
know, what I'm talking about isn't going to be a hugely long-term thing. Sister-in-law called me yesterday and was asking all kinds of questions. I said, don't worry about it. It'll all be over within about four years. Don't worry about it. It's going to be a little ugly between here and there. It's going to be more than a little ugly. But it's not going to be tragically long. It's going to be long enough that Jesus himself said, if the time were not shortened, even the elect would fall astray. So don't think this is going to be a cakewalk. We have to be serious. Absolutely serious. It is God or it is Satan. Just be that clear. It is good or it is evil. There is no in-between. So we have to make our choice. And that's what we have to prepare ourselves for. That's what our hearts and minds have to be prepared for. So take that to heart. Bring it to prayer. And ask yourself, when God calls, what will be your response? I wish I could speak as eloquently and convincingly about Catholic spiritual realities as Father Altier. His homily was so powerful, I'm recommending that you listen to it again much more carefully than you did the first time. I think you'll find that you'll pick up so much more in a second play, and the benefits are huge. have an apostolate you'd like other Catholics to learn about? Maybe you have an e-commerce business and you want to build sales while supporting a holy orthodox apostolate. Whatever you want to advertise, The Cantankerous Catholic is your portal to success. The Cantankerous Catholic isn't even a year into broadcasting its weekly shows and we're already listened to in 16 countries, all 50 states, and 101 major cities throughout the U.S. and Canada. Our listener demographics are the most sought after for advertisers. The Cantankerous Catholic avatar is 53% men and 47% women ages 18 to 34. The show's average growth rate through 2019 was 24% per week, and our listeners are Orthodox Catholics who reject heterodox Catholic positions and political correctness. Relative to other podcasts and online advertising, our rates are extremely cost-effective and inexpensive. You can advertise in each show's show notes, in the recorded episode itself, our weekly newsletter that announces each new episode, all of these media together, or in any combination. So contact us today by filling out the form on the Sponsor Kit page at cantankerouscatholic.com or email Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, directly at joe at cantankerouscatholic.com to learn how you can begin driving traffic to whatever you want to promote while helping to support a worthy, orthodox, and hard-hitting apostolate. Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to LifeSite News. Planned Parenthood and the American Civil Liberties Union have filed a lawsuit against a new law in Iowa that requires mothers to wait at least 24 hours after their initial appointment before getting an abortion. Evil they are. Evil. Let the fight begin! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to National Catholic Register. 
Despite federal and state laws designed to protect conscience rights, Catholic medical professionals and their advocates report that healthcare institutions routinely pressure their employees to provide or refer for services to which they are morally object, and Catholic institutions are not immune from this tendency. No, 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 no! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number three. Hats off to Catholic News Agency. The city of Somerville, Massachusetts has broadened its definition of domestic partnership to give polyamorous relationships the same rights as a married couple. Someone who is polyamorous is in a relationship with more than one domestic partner. Satan's definitely in charge, no doubt. You can hear the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick number two. Hats off to Catholic News Agency. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves signed the Life Equity Act into law on Wednesday, July 1st, banning abortion based on sex, race, or generic abnormality. The law went into effect upon passage. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to the Daily Signal. Catherine Gorka writes that K-12 students are being propagandized with a distorted, leftist version of civics education. It's no wonder that young people today are disconnected from our founding principles. She says we must advocate for better civics education in our schools, and this includes Catholic schools. We're watching you. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholicism 101 is the segment where Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, gives you little thumbnail lessons to help you better learn and understand the Catholic faith. Here's this week's Catholicism 101. A bishop of Alaska told of an Eskimo boy, John. He was called Sunshine before he had a Christian name because his parents were pagan. Once when he was two years old, Sunshine had convulsions. He couldn't breathe and seemed to be dying. Holding the babe in her arms, the mother looked at the father. She told him she would take the child outside and leave him to die, because no one must be allowed to die in an Eskimo igloo. The bishop was present, decided to baptize the boy secretly. The mother stepped past the bishop to carry the child outside. He stopped her and asked for some water. He dipped his handkerchief into a sealskin bucket and, whispering the words of baptism, squeezed the water over the child's forehead. Almost before he had finished, the child sighed deeply, opened his eyes, and asked for a drink. The parents were overjoyed and later became Catholics themselves. This story vividly demonstrates a point about baptism. Just as God miraculously gave sunshine physical life during the administration of the sacrament, baptism does indeed actually give life to the soul. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, holy baptism is the basis of the whole Christian life, 
the gateway to life in the Spirit, and the door which gives access to the other sacraments. Through baptism, we are freed from sin and reborn as sons of God. We become members of Christ, are incorporated into the church, and made shares in her mission. Baptism is the sacrament of regeneration through water in the Word. Jesus made baptism absolutely obligatory, according to Mark 16, 15, and 16, because it's necessary for salvation, according to John 3, 5. The ordinary minister of baptism is a priest or deacon, but anybody can baptize in a case of emergency. For emergency baptism to be validly given, the following conditions have to be met. 1. The person baptizing must have the church's intention, that is, that baptism take away sin. 2. The person baptizing must pour water on the head three times in such a manner that it flows over the skin. And three, at the same time that the water is being poured, person baptizing must say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If the person receiving emergency baptism survives, a rebaptism is neither necessary nor is it possible, since baptism can be received only once. However, the rites surrounding baptism should be performed by a priest or a deacon. Many people today seem to think that infant baptism isn't necessary, especially non-Catholics. They think this because they claim there's nothing in the Bible showing infants being baptized. However, the early Christian fathers are unanimous in insisting upon infant baptism, basing it on the universal command of Christ to baptize all and on its divine power to cleanse the soul of original sin. Irenaeus, who lived from 130 to 205, writes, He came to save all who, through him, are born unto God, infants and children, boys and youths, and elders. Origen, who lived from 185 to 254, declared infant baptism an apostolic institution. St. Cyprian and the bishops of the Third Council of Carthage in A.D. 253 taught that children should be baptized as soon as possible after birth. Yes, infants should be baptized as the church has taught for 2,000 years. But what happens if one dies without baptism? In the case of an infant, there are two major schools of speculative theology on this topic. The first comes from those who hold that an infant who dies without baptism goes to limbo. This school, espoused by St. Thomas Aquinas, teaches that limbo is a place of perfect natural happiness, but minus the vision of God. This is reasonable, since an unbaptized infant still possesses the stain of original sin. The second school of thought is much more modern, but equally valid. It holds that the Holy Spirit enlightens the soul, which is capable of instantaneous enlightenment under divine direction, as seen in Acts 1, 1 through 16, 2, 1 through 47, at the moment of death to the totality of Catholic truth. Then the free will of the soul, which is not influenced by the commission of actual sin, makes the decision to accept that truth and passes into eternity with perfect contrition therefore being saved and made worthy of heaven, but without the seal of baptism. 
In either case, the child is left to the infinite mercy of God. Any adult who dies unbaptized because he doesn't know about baptism nor its importance can be saved if he lived his life trying to do good and avoiding evil. This is called baptism of desire. Indeed, the church embraces as her own those who are studying the faith with the intention of being received into the church, so that they receive baptism of desire should they die prior to reception into the church. People who have never heard of Jesus or his church are saved in this manner, that is, by trying to do good and avoiding evil. There's also baptism of blood, which is a non-Catholic who dies for the church. In the 3rd century, a group of about 10 Christians had been rounded up by the Romans. In keeping with Roman law, the centurion gave each of them the opportunity to renounce Jesus and his church and to make a sacrifice to Caesar, lest they be speared to death by the Roman soldiers. Each one refused to renounce the faith until the very last man. The last man caved in and decided being alive was better than dying for Christ and going to heaven. As that man was released, one of the Roman soldiers walked up to the vacant spot and stood in his place. To the centurion, he said, I do not know this Jesus of Nazareth, but any God who inspires such courage in his followers is a God I want to follow. That said, the centurion ordered his men to throw their spears, and the soldier died with the Christians. That brave man received baptism of blood and instantly became a saint. Baptism is the sacrament that opens the door to our ability and right to receive the other sacraments. The next sacrament to be discussed will be confirmation, but to my surprise, many Catholics are just as clueless as non-Catholics as to why we receive that sacrament. You'll find this extremely interesting in the next installment of Catholicism 101. Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, is a welcome visitor to parishes across the United States every Sunday through his What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Using humor, immutable truth, and ignoring political correctness, Joe Sixpack helps the average Catholic in the pew better know and understand our holy and ancient faith in a way that is refreshing, awe-inspiring, and makes readers chest-pounding proud to be Catholic. And readers love it. Now you can enjoy Joe's work by getting the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It book series. In fact, get two copies of each book, one for yourself and one for your pastor. Then your priest can decide if he wants to help your fellow parishioners by subscribing to the What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Get your copy of the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. He said, Hearing nuns' confessions is like being stoned to death with popcorn.
I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. Leonardo da Vinci was a great artist. His most famous painting was The Last Supper. The model he used for Jesus was a young man who sang in the choir of the Cathedral of Milan. His name was Pietro Bandolinelli. Da Vinci admired the beauty, innocence, and kindness of the young man's face, which came from his deeply religious and noble character. The picture of Jesus is a masterpiece. Years later, the artist was looking for a model to pose as Judas. One day, he met a man on the streets of Rome that he wanted as the model. The man was extremely ugly. Evil and greed were written plainly on his face. When they got to the studio and da Vinci began his work of painting this horrible face, he suddenly stepped back in surprise. His brush dropped from his hand. He recognized the lines of that face, and he asked, Haven't I seen you somewhere before? Yes, said the ugly man. You've painted me before. I'm Pietro Bandolinelli. A life of sin changed this young man from someone who was like Jesus to someone who was like Judas. Since mortal sin is a grievous offense against God, it must be punished. Mortal sin is its own punishment because it brings sadness, sorrow, and misery into your life. It makes sad changes in your appearance, but that's nothing compared to the hideous change it makes in your soul. Hate mortal sin because it makes you another Judas. Help your fellow Catholic six-packers. They need to be listening to the Cantankerous Catholic, and you can help them find it better if you leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Leaving a review will make it easier for other Catholics to find the Cantankerous Catholic, because reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show it more often. And I thank you in advance for leaving a review. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.